0: November 2009, in the middle of the night in a rural province in China, Mrs Dengi is having a disturbing dream. In her dream, she sees a tall, thin man wearing a suit. He's walking through the old village where she and her family used to live and where they still owned an abandoned house. He is carrying a bag of some kind and she watches as he approaches their old house. She cannot see his face as he wears a hat like a trilby but as he approaches the door to their house, he stops and she catches a glimpse of his mouth. It forms a wide smile. There is something very sinister about this man. He's carrying a package of some kind. Mrs Dengue's dream disturbed her so much that she told her husband the next morning and explained what she'd seen. She urged her husband to go to their old house to see if anything had happened there. Her husband brushed it off, telling her it was just a dream. Meanwhile, their 13-year-old son, Ziyun Kuang, is away at boarding school. When he's not in lessons, he's happy reading his favourite book, Strange Tales from a Lonely Studio. It's a famous Chinese book of ghost stories written way back in 1740. The following day, Mrs. Dengi continued to tell her husband, Mr. Jilu, a 54-year-old migrant farm worker, that he must go to their old home, and so finally he gave in, and he told her he would go and take a look, just to placate her. They lived in downtown Chingong, where they worked, and so after work had ended that day, Mr. Jilu headed off to the old family home, in the village of shuangking in the Banyan district. As he arrived in the small village, he met an elderly woman who was their old neighbour there. She stopped him and told him that she had seen a tall stranger in the village wearing a suit and a hat and carrying a bag. She said he'd wandered through the village until he came to Mr. Jilu's old house, upon which he walked around to the back of the house. She said she did not know who he was because the hat he was wearing hid his face. Mr. Jilu found himself becoming increasingly unsettled as he made small talk with this elderly neighbour and he felt very anxious now to get to his old home. He quickly bid her goodbye and walked towards his house. As he put his key in the front door, he found that the door would not open. Puzzled, he walked around to a side door, but again the same thing happened and the door wouldn't budge. There was one more door he could try at the back of the house, but this door had been boarded up for months with planks of wood nailed across it, and a steel bar, which he had placed there to prevent anyone breaking into their empty property. He walked around to the back of the house, and as he approached the back door, he was startled to discover that the steel bar was now lying on the ground, and the thick planks of wood lay beside it. The door was open a few inches. With nervous trepidation and a sense of terrible unease, Mr. Jilu pushed open the door and entered. The lights were on inside the house and the place looked dishevelled but what drew his eye almost immediately was a horrifying sight in front of him. The body of his son was hanging by a rope from a wooden roof beam. He was hanging by his hands which had been tightly bound together. His feet had also been bound. His whole body had been tied tightly by ropes and a large heavy scale hung down between his feet. On the scale was the number one. His son was wearing a red dress. Mr. Jilu rushed to release his son, but it was too late, his body was already cold, and grief sunk the father to his knees. In time, the police arrived. They saw no footprints and no sign of a struggle. Nothing had been stolen. There was 32 yuan in money on the floor, and the boy's school textbooks lay scattered on the floor too. His school bag, watch and mobile phone, along with some compact discs, were also there. There were two packets of instant noodles, one of which had been eaten. How long had the boy been hanging there? His father later said, His mobile phone was broken a few days ago, so I couldn't contact him. Mr. Jilu also added that on the day of the discovery of his son's body, he'd gone to send money to his son, who attended boarding school. His parents had naturally believed that their son had been at the boarding school. However, It transpired that the entire school had been closed down after an outbreak of influenza and the school had believed that their son had returned home, like all the other children, but the boy had never gone home and his parents had no idea he was missing for four days. His father said, If it wasn't for my wife who had a dream that someone entered the old house in the countryside, then my son's body may have rotted and no one would know. The police soon say that there had been no intruder. On December 3rd, the police released a report that said the boy's death was an accident. His father applied for a reconsideration. He didn't accept this determination. Ten days later, on December 11th, the police told him that after careful consideration and reinvestigation, there was no clue of murder or suicide and that their original determination stood. The boy's autopsy revealed that the marks from the ropes on the thighs, hands and bare feet are extremely deep. From looking at the crime scene photos of his body hanging there, which are sadly available on the internet, they show deep, tight lines of rope cutting into his legs. His whole body had been tied tightly by the ropes and a large, heavy scale was hung as a weight between his feet. His hands were tied and hung on the wooden beam that was part of the roof inside the house. There were twelve intricate knots tied on his hands and feet. How could the boy have done this to himself? His parents said he had no history of learning how to tie knots. On the boy's forehead was a tiny pinhole. Other than that, he had no wounds, apart from the savage impressions into his skin caused by the tightness of the ropes. His feet were a few centimetres off the ground. A bench beside him was overturned. On the wooden back door, the word kill is written, along with the word king. King of the kill. A cross had also been drawn although his father thought that this could have been there prior to his son being killed. One Chinese news site reported that Banan District Criminal Investigation Team had arrived at the scene not long after the boy's discovery, and on the evening of the 5th, the Forensic Director of the Municipal Public Sector Bureau had also arrived. They reported, Jilu said the forensic doctor told him the initial judgment was that his son had died within the last 48 hours. He had many deep marks, but the boy had almost no actual trauma. The father told reporters that detectives in charge of the criminal investigation told him that neither the district bureau nor the city bureau could explain the phenomenon that occurred. The father said police at the scene took off the boy's red dress and underneath the dress was a woman's bathing suit. The dress and the bathing suit didn't belong to the boy. The swimsuit had been padded with black cloth which made it look like the boy had breasts. The police said the boy must have been playing a game. His father responded, What kind of game would make my son put on a swimsuit and skirt, tie himself up by his hands and feet and hang himself from the roof? The way the ropes were tied looked very professional and how could the boy have hanged himself from the beam if his hands were intricately bound with many knots? And why would he stick a pin into his forehead? In China, people could not understand this. Had something been pinned to his forehead like a note or a playing card? yet if this had been done by someone else why were there no signs of a struggle no serious injuries or wounds had the boy been drugged or had harm been threatened to him or his family if he didn't comply the boy's father said that the red dress he'd been wearing looked like one his niece owned although it didn't seem to be hers no one could find the identity of the person who owned the woman's bathing suit Mr. Jilloo and the boy's mother could not understand why he was wearing a red dress. As far as they were aware, their son had not shown any previous indications of being a cross-dresser or transvestite, besides which he was just thirteen. Disbelief was expressed among the locals too. However, there was suggestion by those in authority as well as those prone to gossip that the boy must have been experimenting with his sexuality and that he had stuffed paper into the swimsuit to give himself breasts. Newspapers in China reported Lu said that his son, in the last few days, did not display any abnormal behaviour. At Quan Middle School, his 7th grade teacher told reporters, Zai did not like to talk, he was honest and his grades were lower in the class, but his behaviour was normal. Neighbours, including Wang Lu Lukin, told reporters that the family are very honest, friendly people who never had dispute with others. He's usually less talkative with people and shy, he never takes the initiative to speak to people, I've never seen him in clothing like that in the past. Seventy-year-old neighbour Deng Yambi said the boy is usually playful and not bad, and his mother and father are honest and do not argue. Some of the schoolboys at his boarding school said he very much liked to read Strange Tales from a Lonely Studio. Had he been acting out a scene from his favourite book? Well, one theory put forward by the Chinese media was that the boy's mother's first husband and their eldest son might have conspired to kill the boy in revenge over some sort of dispute. One newspaper in China quoted Mr. Lu as saying, The assassinator, the killer, is the former husband of Dengui and their son, whose custody was given to the father. The boy's mother accused her ex-husband of taking her son and hiding him, but the police made it clear that they rejected this possibility. They did question both the ex-husband and the son, but both of them had watertight alibis and they were ruled out. Chongquin Morning Post reported the boy was definitely determined to have been killed accidentally. His parents, of course, continued to disagree emphatically. The boy would never have done something this strange, they said, nor was it even physically possible. The police in turn, in growing frustration, made the statement that the death had occurred while the boy was playing some kind of superstitious game and closed the investigation. But where did the red dress and the bathing suit come from? Well, Chinese occultists offered another theory about his death, that this death had been a rare once-in-a-century ritual. The boy had died aged 13 years and 13 days. The paraphernalia of the knots, the scale, the dress, these represented the five elements. The wood beam represented wood, the bathing suit represented water, and the red dress represented fire, they said. This was ancient, terrorist sorcery, and an individual or a sect had killed the boy in order to raise him as a ghost. The pinhole in the forehead signified the separation of the soul from the body, and the weight hanging from his feet signified keeping his soul on earth, while the red dress represented fire binding his soul to the killer. This is the death method that will break up the soul and it will never pass. The soul is forever doomed to the earth realm and the killer seems to have wanted to steal the soul, they said. The split needle, the pinhole, is the lock of the soul, occultists proposed. This ghost keeping can be used to keep spiritual servants as soldiers in the netherworld. Chinese occultist Netian said as for the pinhole, according to the records of Mashan which is an ancient terrorist sorcery, the needle should be soaked with corpse oil for 981 days. The boy was killed to be raised as a ghost. Reporter Yanwen Wangaz said, The killer will be familiar with the date of birth of the child. They will use the red clothes to lock the soul. The person is likely to be an elder and an expert in ritualistic magic, and the purpose was to extend their own life. The person to be dealt with must be powerful and unusual, and very sophisticated. The planner of this case is a highly powered person and it seems that the purpose of the murderer is not to hurt the soul but to take the soul and to raise a ghost. The soul needle is inserted from the top of the head. The pin is to lock the soul first, then vent the soul and finally take it. Well, two days after the death of the boy, says China's online edition, an 18-year-old approached the boy's father and told him he had recently seen a man circling in the neighbourhood near their dilapidated house. The witness said he was carrying a bag. He did not, however, see his face because of the hat he wore. Who was this mysterious man then? Just like the man in Mrs. Dengue's dream.